Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. These DJs are superstars. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. It's prom season, you guys. Yeah. I have seen several stories lately about proms that did not go the way the participants hoped. And I guess this is just like when we do the Kevin and Bean, uh, you know, Thanksgiving disasters or Memorial Day disasters or Wedding Day disasters. And I was stunned to find out that some of the people here on the Kevin and Bean show have their own bad prom stories, including you, King. What happened? Oh, man. It wasn't the prom per se, but it was the prom after party. We were at the Bonaventure Hotel where kids should, you know, not be all Mm -hmm. together. And it turns out this guy named David was uh, breaking bottles at windows, throwing them at the windows. Oh, no. Uh, champagne bottles, vodka bottles, just throwing them, break, do, destruction of property. And the guy who put down the, the the credit card for the room saw me and said, hey, there's a guy named David breaking bottles. It's you. Punches me in the face. I fall down because he's really big and hit the doorknob and pass out. And that was the end of my prom night. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Had, yeah. you st- had you stayed awake, you would have passed out anyway, but at least Probably. an hour later and drunk. Yeah. I was stoked for my junior prom. After months of strategic seduction, the guy I liked told me he'd go to prom with me. My dress was backless, so I wore this weird bra that stuck to my boobs. Halfway through our first slow dance, I had butterflies because I knew this was our moment. He leaned down. I was ready for that kiss. He whispered in my ear, dude, your bra is showing really bad. It turns out that the sweaty dancing had rotated my bra by 180 degrees. It was on my back. I ran into the bathroom. I threw it away and I cried for about 45 minutes. That's Christine from Facebook. Oh, dear. Ryan says, I got my appendix out the morning before the prom, and I was discharged from the hospital the day of the prom, but nothing was going to stop me from going. Oh, wow. I I danced a little too hard and ended up popping out my stitches, oozing blood (gasps) all over my dress, she says. Oh. Yeah, you know, anytime blood is involved in your prom story, I don't think there's ever a time that that's going to be good, right? I mean... Yeah. Okay, I know. I, I, I got you. I got you. Oh, kids, don't applaud that. Mike, thank you for calling, my friend. What's going on? Line one. Hey, what's up, you guys? How are you doing? Talking about prom disasters. I don't know that we've ever done this topic before, but a lot of things go wrong on prom night. How about for you? Uh, well, I got hit by a car at my prom night. Uh, I mean, besides yeah. that, though, was it pretty fun? Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, well, it was like right after prom. Uh, there was an after party at one of my friends' house. So we went up, and um, once I got there, I guess the brother got out of prison that week. But when I got to the house, I seen the brother. He pulls out a gun. Wait, oh, I, I, no! We, and uh, we run back, and there's another car uh, pulling up. They start shooting, so we get behind the car, and we know we're kind of like bunkering down. And uh, the driver hits the car where I'm at, and I get like pinned down. 
This story has everything. This is the worst prom disaster I have ever heard. One of the funny things, though, when the the ambulance came um, and, uh, (laughs) you know, I couldn't move and then it uh, fractured my pelvis. So when uh, they were cutting my my tuxedo open, I literally told them, it's a rental. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't want to get charged with it. Yeah, you don't want to lose the deposit when they're cutting the tuxedo away yeah, from your yeah, crushed yeah. pelvis. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Mike, your phone's breaking up, so we're going to have to let you go. But that is it. That's, Whoa. The, that's the prom story to beat right there. Huh? Yeah. Let's try Rebecca Buena Park. Rebecca, thank you for calling. Thank you for holding on. What happened? Hi. Um, so... At my prom, um, I was so excited when I got there because I saw, like, this jumper outside and, like, a rock climbing wall. So I, like, I don't remember if I ran or if I just, like, walked really fast or what, but I was going to go outside to go see everything. And I didn't notice that there was a glass wall, a glass door right there. So I, I ran into that, and then I fell down, and people saw me, and I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, and then I, And then my friends were like, Rebecca, you have, like, a huge cut on your nose. And I was like, what the heck? Like, so we went to the bathroom, and and then, I, yeah, I had, like, a huge cut on my nose. So all night, all my friends were asking me, like, what happened to your face? Like, are you okay? And and the next day, my my face was, like, black and blue, like, where my nose was. (laughs) (laughs) So in all of the photos that you took at your prom night, then, you've got, what, blood or bandages or what on your face i didn't i didn't take any more pictures after that happened <laughs> yeah that makes sense you know that's a great story rebecca I'm, I'm glad you called people came up to me at my prom and asked what happened to your face too and i didn't hit a wall <laughs> and run into anything thank you for the call appreciate that let's try jeremy pasadena up next line one on the kevin beach show hey jeremy how are you morning party people popo's out popo's out uh well i went to uh had my date asked my date to prom uh, and it turned out we did a double date thing. Uh, it was me, my girlfriend, her best friend, and her date. So okay. we all went to prom, um, and I had a pretty good time, but I had this weird feeling the entire time uh, at the dance, you know, afterward, kind of like a little gathering. We even went on this, like, boat ride around the bay. This was this was up north. And okay. um, after the prom, we get back to the hotel room. I think everything's going to be great. You know, here, here we go. And... Uh, I don't know. I just asked her a question. I said, you know, what's going on? Something feels weird. And it turns out sometime before prom, her and our dates had a threesome. Again, not a tuba. Her trombone. (laughs) So wait, hold on. So she had already made it with the other couple. You didn't know about that. I had no, no idea. I had no idea. So that means yeah. it was it was on though that it, you were all good. That was the all clear for that night, then, right? Yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. That was it. Yeah, absolutely not. No. Oh, it, it, ended up, <laughs> it ended up in a huge fight, and uh, needless to say, it was back to back sleeping that night. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for calling on Prob Disasters. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. They're idiots. Back in 2016, a movie called Deadpool came out of nowhere to make over $360 million in this country alone, you guys? 
Yes, in this country alone. How uh, much do you make worldwide with the first Deadpool? Uh, 783.4. Not that we're keeping track. <laughs> and you guys, get, you guys get 10%? <laughs> you need to be our agent, Kevin. Those are the voices of the writers and executive producers of Deadpool 2. Please welcome back to the studio, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Hey, boys. Thank Hello, you guys. Hello. Thanks for having us. I know it has been a, a whirlwind couple of weeks. You guys have talked to every media outlet on the planet because there's been so much interest, so much excitement about Deadpool. What have people not asked you about this movie that you would love to share? Is it I, good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, we ha- we keep getting sort of the same question. Like, well, how, how does it differ from the first one? And there's no good answer to that. I mean, some someone said probably the stupidest thing I'd ever heard, which which was, it's similar, but it's different. And I thought, <laughs> and so, uh, I, and I, and I thought... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. But uh, no, I mean, uh, what what haven't they asked us, Paul? Uh, how Ryan likes his foot rubs, I think. How Ryan <laughs> okay. Reynolds likes his foot rubs, which is really uh, with a lot of... Um, Little tickle with a, yeah. and some deep pressure. Did, sorry. did you did you know <laughs> did you know by the first Friday afternoon of the first Deadpool's release? Okay, we're on. It's time to start thinking about another movie. I mean, it became it was obvious yeah, fairly I mean, early. A, it was going to be a hit. That there was a moment where uh, one of the magazine writers predicted our gross, uh, our weekend gross, our opening weekend gross, and he said it would be somewhere between fifty-five million and one hundred and twenty-five million. So he gave himself a <laughs> seventy million dollar window, and he still missed low. It ended up being one thirty-two, and so when that happened, we all looked at each other and we and and uh, thought uh, there will definitely be a sequel. Now, of course, we were working on the sequel uh, June of two thousand fifteen. So. Before the first one even came out, we were starting right? to kick it around just for fun, um, not officially. But you know, we love the world so much. We love the character. Yeah, I was going to ask why. I was going to ask what is it about the Deadpool story that you guys in this character that you guys fell in love with so much? Well, he's a self-loathing, you know, self-deprecating, you know, uh, shame spiral of a human being. And they say, <laughs> write what you know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I do. While we're talking about the original, I would like to run a couple of lines by you, and I want to know which one of you can claim credit for these. Or they might be Ryan's. Or they might be Ryan's. Yeah. Uh, I know, right? You're probably thinking, whose balls did I have to fondle to get my very own movie? I can tell you his name. I can't tell you his name, but it rhymes with Pulverine. That That was Paul Wernick. Yeah. That That was was you. Yeah, that was me. Uh, I want to die a natural death at the age of 102 like the city of Detroit. That was might have been me as Look well. Look at you! Oh my gosh, that was you're an ad lib on the day. Yeah, yeah. Step it up, Brett. Yeah. Come came, on, Brett. And who came up with Fat Gandalf? That was, I think that might be Ryan Reynolds. Ryan. Yeah, it was pretty strong. I, Again, I, apparently I wasn't around. You were not a part of any of this that day. Foot rubs, <laughs> Red Reese. Foot rubs. I'm on the foot rub detail. Yeah. <laughs> it took you guys it, a lot to get this movie made. You tried doing this forever. When it became such a hit and everyone was clamoring for it too, were you little part of you kind of saying, "Suck it, we're going to yeah, take yeah. our time." Not a little so. part, an entire part. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean uh, we've we've written uh, in sheer terror actually because now the fans love it and they've claimed it as their own and you right. don't want to disappoint those right. people. So we we kind of had to climb out of the fetal position even to get to our keyboards. How many day. times have you guys heard when is it going to be done? When is it going to be ready? As far as the second one. 
lot of pressure. You know, they were, I imagine yeah. from the studio as well, right? Or, from or no? everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they had the the movie dated. You know, before we before we even uh, you know officially started writing it. So, um, but but that's good. You know, I mean, when you've got a target, and uh, uh, the good thing is, you know, Deadpool is a movie that we can we can write up until we lock picture. So we were writing lines up until two weeks ago. He's in a mask. You can put words into his mouth. So <laughs> that's true. Oh, so right. It's yeah. like an animated movie in the sense that we were we could write you know up until the very last. Do moment, you watch so. the original and think of better lines? Yes. All the way through. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say so, but there are a lot of sometimes better lines sitting on a floor somewhere because we shoot so many different alternate versions and, and uh, not and only one can make it into the movie. And I think this time on the DVD. Is that what happened to yours? Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. exactly. They're so good. They're so, so good, those poor little jokes. Um, Rand, I wanted to ask you to expand upon something you mentioned about uh, about Ryan Reynolds being one of the writers on that movie and this, this yes. movie as well. And uh, so often people go, oh, yeah, you throw the star a bone. Apparently, the dude is as good at writing as he is at acting and, I mean, be it, and I being pretty. I almost would say even better. I mean, he he is an entertainment machine. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. We, we joke that he would be better at, at, at the job of anyone on set than the person who's actually doing the job. Like, he, he's just a brilliant, brilliant, exclusively talented human but being. There I've was never a, met anyone like him. He's Charlie Chaplin to me. There wasn't a time when you were like, dude, don't you have to be somewhere else? <laughs> there, that never happened? Never. No, he elevates everything we do. It's a, it's a real, real treat, honestly. But you have to say that. No, no. No, I mean no, it, no. You know. I mean, huh. I, I'm telling you, if just ha- if you ever hang out with the guy... He makes you hate yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been but cutting. It, I've been cutting since no! the day I met him. <laughs> But then you realize he has to go home to that ugly wife, and you go, okay, yeah. at least I've got that, right? <laughs> um, actually, speaking of that, because Deadpool, for both movies, has done some of the most creative advertising, and Ryan Reynolds popping up in the funniest places and making the funniest videos. It was like, you know, he was just a unicorn on that Japanese TV show. He had the hilarious video going over to David Beckham's house. Is that all stuff that you guys, is that part of your job is to write all that stuff? Or is that all Ryan? Or how's all that come about? Yeah, we're, we're, we're involved in marketing, all of us. Uh, we're writing, you know. Uh, we did the Beckham spot. We wrote the Celine. Celine Dion, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh-huh. my God. Those are both so funny, guys. God, yeah. though, we wish we had written the Celine Dion song. We'd right? Be, oh, uh, it's the best. God, I, a... I've listened to it on repeat like 18,000 <laughs> times now. So if you were already writing Deadpool 2 before Deadpool came out... Yes. Have you started writing Deadpool 3? <laughs> oh, nice. Good question. Thank you. Thank no. you so much. And, and, and here's the Get reason. Has anyone, well, been so at, has anyone asked you that? No. I mean, here's the issue. We've got... <laughs> Yay! Yay! That's the question Yay! no one's asked. <laughs> the question no one's asked. There's going to be an X-Force movie yes. after Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. and we are not writing that one. So we have a little breathing room for okay. the first time. So Ryan's going to get out of the suit. I, I, I can put down his feet. I don't have to rub them for a while. Good. And, and we, uh, we're going to take a little time off. And then we're going to circle back, and we will absolutely be diving into a Deadpool 3. Okay. And, and you we two make... can't wait to get away from each other, right? Oh, we hate each other. We've <laughs> known each other for since high school in Phoenix Is that right? for 35-plus wow. years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And Crazy. you still get along. Yeah. Yeah, we love yeah. each other. Well, We're you got to tell us how you do it. Brett <laughs> <laughs> Reese and Paul Werdicker here. Deadpool 2 in theaters everywhere. More with our guests right after this on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, back on the Kevin and Bean Show. They are the co-writers of a little film called Deadpool 2 in theaters everywhere around the world. All right, I'm going to ask a uh, dumb guy 101 question, guys. And yes. I know people are going to yell at me. Forgive me. Uh, so Deadpool is in the Marvel Universe, the same Marvel Universe as all those other Avengers and everybody else, right? 
Well, correct, I guess technically. Uh, it was a Marvel character, but Marvel, when it was a comics company, uh, sold the rights uh, to different movie studios, and as such, it got divided. So all the X-Men universe, which includes Deadpool, is over at Fox, and then the Marvel Cinematic Universe coalesced over at Disney. So Disney's kind of, a, kind of the Spider-Man thing for a while, exactly. right? Where they, could, they couldn't cross. Yeah, things. Spider-Man was at Sony, and then they made a deal with Disney to do a crossover. Okay, so does that? What does that mean for the future? Will could could Deadpool ever interact with Thor, and Abs- Iron Man, and Captain America, and everybody? Absolutely, uh, especially now that that Disney is going to buy Fox. So, are you prepared for a rated G Deadpool? Is all I'm asking. No, no. sir. I <laughs> know. Thank you. Although him playing off of all those other characters yeah, that could, could be really so fun. Right. Yeah, like yeah. Captain America and yes. Deadpool could be a pretty fun mix. <laughs> Maybe we dirty up all of them, right? <laughs> Get them a little bit to more to like Deadpool's that. level. Thank you. Now, how like did, and again, this is a, another uh, dumb question. I'm not as well-versed in this as you guys are. So Ryan Reynolds originally played Deadpool back in the X-Men Origins movie, right? And it was a very different Deadpool. Yeah, it was a disaster. His mouth was sewn up. Uh, the Merc with the mouth didn't right. have a mouth. Take, take the best part of <laughs> his character yeah. away from him, right? Uh, is it a miracle in some ways that that the Deadpool on screen story didn't end there? I mean, the fact that it got resurrected into something so great—I mean, that had to somebody had to have some vision to pull that off. It is a miracle because Ryan then, in between then and Deadpool, went and did Green Lantern, which didn't succeed. So there, it was an uphill battle. It took us seven years, right? Is yeah. That, yeah. Seven I mean, it just years. to convince them to make that movie, it was really tough. Seven years of a of a draft that actually ended up on screen. So they were yeah. sitting on that draft. So for, you so. The, so Deadpool, the original Deadpool movie that you guys wrote, right. it was finished and it was in the shape that it was shot. Exactly. And everybody Almost was exactly. saying no to that yes. script. To that script. 2010. And, was... and in fact, we're saying that it was the script was the reason they weren't making it. I mean, at the time, because they just thought it was too crazy. Just that they, they couldn't wrap their heads around you it. You want to tell the Avengers That's story? Uh... Yeah, I mean, Avengers came out the weekend that the top executives had the Deadpool script on their desk at home and Avengers made $200 million and on Monday morning they still told us no. It was just, uh, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't wrap our heads around it. Do you think it was a, just a thing of them not reading it, not paying attention, or they just, just literally didn't think it would work in a theater? Yeah, I just think it was a, a case of uh, an apple among oranges, and, huh. and you know they were eating oranges at the time. So, and I think it took a lot of years for people, even people in the industry who are supposed to be smart, to get past the fact that there's more than Batman and Superman in the world. Because they absolutely don't, true, they don't yeah. know all these characters, and they don't realize that there's somebody like Black Panther out there that has such a massive audience. I mean, everybody underestimated that movie. Everybody. Same thing with Deadpool. They had no idea how beloved that character could be. Yeah, and and it also the R-rated. It's like it, it's all about quadrants with studios. You know, they want a four quadrant movie. An R-rated movie isn't necessarily what does that mean? Four, four quadrant? quadrant, which means it expands beyond just you know. The four quadrants are women and men and old and young. So oh, I see. So. And but they thought they were worried that Deadpool was going to be a one quadrant movie, young men only, and so. Mm-hmm. But I think the romance in it and and, and some of these other factors and, and romance it that's funny. A, a, a four. <laughs> and, and we grew up on on great R rated movies. Yes. you know, it's like uh, you know Die Hard. And, yeah. and Lethal Weapon. Lethal and, Weapon. Like sure. some of the great movies of our childhood. When were I R-rated. saw it was R rated, I was that made me excited, even more excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so. 
Here's a question from a uh, listener. Do you guys ever shoot special scenes for the trailer exclusively? Things that you shoot for the trailer that aren't in the movie. This happens a lot, it yeah, seems. It, it, and it actually did in Deadpool did. 2. But I, we would be giving away a huge plot point to let you know which we shot just for the trailer. Well, don't but... do that. But you, So you do it on purpose? Well, because in, it, in occasionally case, it seems oh, like... I wish a... we could talk about it. We should come back on once the movie's been spoiled. But we had a very specific reason this time. Usually they're not shooting directly for the trailer. Usually what they're doing is they're shooting a lot of stuff. And then the trailer people have to make the trailer long before the movie comes out. So they put it in. And that's a and different then, company? And, yeah. So like, yeah, well, it's a company they hire usually. Okay. They subcontract out. But but then what happens is the, the movie gets cut down for time. Mm-hmm. And whatever you saw in the trailer doesn't make it into the final cut of the movie. But so that's usually a natural... That's why that happens. Interestingly, there are a bunch of jokes in the trailer that aren't uh, in the movie, and that's just because that's Bryant, Yeah, but, but it's good though. I think it's good because you get it's fresh. It feels fresh. Were they all Rhett's yeah. jokes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for me, and then I'll give it back to the room, and that is the timing couldn't be more perfect because you've been doing all these interviews lately, and people have somehow squeezed out of you that it looks like there's going to be a zombie land too. That's for reals, right? It is unconfirmed for reals okay uh, if that makes sense it meaning we can't confirm it's not it but entirely it's, official but we're, we're we're on a path you're feeling good about it we're, we're on feeling a path. great we've got a script that we love that the actors love that uh ruben our director loves and and uh the hope is that uh we're, we're back uh back in front of cameras uh soon enough so oh that's wonderful can you confirm cowboy ninja viking that will happen too, almost assuredly at this point. Uh, though we're, we're a bit in, in a more of a producerial role, role and on that one. Pratt? But Chris Pratt. Chris oh. yeah. Pratt. Yeah. You guys just sit in a throne now and people come in with <laughs> ideas. <laughs> and if they're not good, you have them off with their heads. <laughs> Is that how it works? I know. I mean, again, we wish. We wish. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Deadpool 2 is what it's all about. You guys in theaters everywhere. Uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are the writers and executive producers of the film. We love you guys. Congratulations on all your success. Thank, Thank you, you so please. very much. It's Come a pleasure see us anytime. to be here. Thank you. you. Thanks, Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. How did, uh, how did your lack of uh, ability in the math world come up yesterday? We've, we've discussed on the air before that I, I am not great at math. And just thinking about math, I I get real anxious and nervous, and quite frankly, I have to poop. Like that's how I mean, it affects we don't need, okay. me. You didn't need that, Mm-mm, okay? No. Let me just give you a uh, a look back, okay, if you will, on my life. SAT scores come in. My verbal was near perfect. My math was so bad they thought something happened with like the scantron. They're like, oh, oh did you skip an answer and then everything was messed up from that point on? I was like, no, that would be that would be correct. <laughs> what you see right there. <laughs> like very concerning. I was in honors classes all through high school, all AP classes, except math. And it was a struggle. And I think that's God pretty bless common. You, Mrs. Bennett, because she she dealt with some stuff with me. I think that's a common problem where you can be perfectly fine in, in everything, in everything except for there's one blind spot that you just can't. Absolutely. You just can't get. Allie's not good at math, but we still love her. She makes us laugh. <laughs> Come on, add one and one. Can you do it or are you that? I mean, at one point in her life, continue with your story, your look back, your Uh, wonderful look back. So this is what got us talking yesterday, because um, I have a financial advisor. I don't know why my parents (laughs) set it up long ago. So um, he had contacted me about um, different accounts 
IRA accounts, all this stuff. And my dad said, just tell him to call me. If you don't know what he's talking about, have him call me. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm a grown-ass woman. I can handle this. And I'm literally writing down what he's saying with just huge question marks. I'm like, annuity? Mm-hmm. Huh? Move? Taxable? What, what are you saying? At the bottom of the page, did it say, go ahead and call dad? Then I said, let's just hand this all over to Pops. Um, But I think uh, he realized quickly that he was not dealing with a full deck. Oh. Mm. Because he said, um, what do you contribute to your 401k? And I said, oh, I don't. And he goes, you don't have a 401k? And he was judgy. And I was like. I mean, he should be. I was like, slow down. And I said, oh, no, 401k. Yeah, I have that. And he goes, okay, well, what do you put in? And I said, no, I don't put anything in. They take it out. And he goes, what What do you mean? And I said, I don't put money into the 401k. My, it, you take it out of my check. And he goes, yeah, that's your contribution. I'm asking you what percentage. And I could tell this man was like, am I being punked? What's happening? Right. And I'm writing all this down like, am I being punked? Like, why doesn't he get that? I don't contribute it. They're taking it. What an idiot. But you know that. That you are contributing. Yeah, after uh, okay. after that, I, I really did. But um, okay. So I'm kind of chatting with you guys yesterday about this, and then I brought up when it all started. I and... mean, this sounds probably is a blonde joke. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is really bad. But um, my first job, I got money under the table because I worked at a hot dog stand on the beach. Frank's for the memories. Wonderful place. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, taxes. I didn't have to. This is totally illegal, by the way, that I'm saying this. Yeah, of but who cares? I was young. I right? was dumb. And by the way, a hot dog and a sun-kissed on a warm day. Delightful. Okay, sidetrack. All right. Anyway, as I was saying, so my first real job, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting an actual check. So I had to open up a checking account. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. 16 right? years old. I have a checking account. Awesome. Don't know much about it at that age, no, but just ha- happy no. to have it. You just write on this paper and you pay for stuff. Right. It's phenomenal. <laughs> um, so we get a letter and I open it and I show my mom and dad. I'm like, well, this is weird. I got a letter from the bank saying that I owe money because these checks didn't clear. And my mom goes, you're bouncing checks? And I said, well, yeah. On here it says overdrawn, which makes no sense because... And then I literally pulled out my checkbook and I said, I've got all of these left. And I saw the disappointment in my father that I have never and still to this day he have was, not seen again. He was right. Al is not good at math. Not good at math. Just because you have checks doesn't mean you have the cash, you dumbass. so then uh that happened and i explained to them oh i thought if you just and my dad's like you aren't subtracting money every time you do that i'm like that's what that column you're you're incredibly intelligent this is odd to me Uh, well thank you and you are correct this is a (laughs) this is a serious blind spot right like it it doesn't Makes sense in the grand scheme of my it's not just, immense, immense genius. It's not just that you're not as sharp as you are in every other category. You're not. Sh- I mean, no. It's it's like it's in the negative bottom level <laughs> negative, which would be what my checking count was. But then after that happened, my parents buy me, you know, the 
the checking account holder that says, I can't be overdrawn. I still have checks. I'm like, that's funny. Who <laughs> loser? Oh, me. Yeah. So it's it's bad. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting better. Are you? Yes. How I know I know how much money I have. I know okay. what to spend. I know what Do you know I when you write a, a check it comes out of your bank? I don't write checks anymore. I see. Okay. Who writes checks? All right. Yeah. You have a limit on credit cards? Absolutely. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. I have no debt. I'm good. Okay. I'm doing Making fantastic. Progress. Thank you. Thank God for your dad. Thank God for my dad. Yeah. So uh, if you need any help uh, oh, with I don't your think... financial advising, no, don't, I uh, now know what annuity is. Don't uh, don't reach out. I don't know what annuity is. Okay. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. All right. It's Dr. Dupinski time, you guys. Hey, Doc. Hey, guys. We got a dilemma today. We need you to uh, we need you to be the wise man that we know you are. There's a topic that we had scheduled to discuss with you that I think is important. I think it'll save lives. Right. I think it's a I think it's a real look into a serious problem that we have going on in America. You thought that before I found the alternate topic. And- and then Kevin came up with something that he is insisting on, and we are deadlocked here. So we're going to give right. you, the medical professional, the opportunity to address one, both, or neither when you hear the topics. Okay? I'm going to try, try both. I, right. I'm going to say blindly I want to try both. I'm going to try it. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, so topic one that we had is we wanted to talk to you about how accurate or not the depiction of Benedict Cumberbatch was on the recent HBO series Patrick Melrose Can't about wait. addiction. Okay? Important topic. Can't wait. All right. And especially how it relates to Anthony Bourdain. Which oh, is absolutely. In the news. Yes. All right. So that's yes, thing one. That's topic. my, that's my topic. Now here comes Kevin with his topic. All right. Here's the headline. Stop wiping your butt so hard. It's something known as the polished anus syndrome. <laughs> wow. Right? <laughs> Rethinking that Patrick seems, Melrose, Seems huh? so much more important than Patrick Melrose, right? I, 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 let me dispense with this one, if okay. you don't mind. <laughs> um, or dispatch is, might be a better word. Experts say that people have been wiping their butts all wrong, Dr. Drew. I think there's something to it because people can get pruritus ani and other uh, sort of disorders of that tender tissue down there because of the advent of all the, you know, the two, the chuck wipes and the people ad- inadvertently using Clorox wipes. You remember Mr. Kimmel Oof. doing that? Oh, right. Yeah. And people digging in deep into the what's called the verge area. Yeah. yeah. Unnecessarily so. That, that instrument is designed to work the way it works. And you don't have to be a compulsive cleaner to make it work better. So if it itches, however, the article says that a little too much, perhaps. However, as we age, the the tone of that uh, circular muscle down there becomes a little more what we call patchless, and so there is a little more need as you get much older. But generally, everybody. Don't dig so hard. See, I th- I sent this article to Bean, and he just wrote back blocked. And I was like, how <laughs> how can you not see the magic in this topic? It's, it's, well, it's magical, and I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> I feel like Tinkerbell is flying by, <laughs> touching her wand to, to Kevin today. This is magnificent. It really would be a breakthrough if it found out that something that people don't ever talk about because they're too embarrassed or it's too personal, if it found out that it was a health crisis because we were all doing it wrong, and we really need to kind of re- relook at this, I guess. I, I know that Kevin's pre- 
preoccupation makes it feel like a health crisis. <laughs> it's a health crisis, Dr. Drew. Okay, it's not a crisis. Okay. All right, let's talk about Patrick Melrose. Ali, you have said that this is your favorite TV show of the year. How come? It, it's about addiction, and then you realize after the first episode what is fueling his addiction, what he's trying to escape and get away from his, his mind, and it is devastating. And I couldn't wait to watch the next episode. And they, and I must tell you, when, when I wrote an article about this. Oh, you've seen this show? Yeah, oh, my God. Okay. And I wrote an article about it. You can find it at my website, at com. And when they first asked me to write the article, I thought, oh, another series on addiction. I'm going to be critical. It's not going to be comfortable. And I started, and I was watching the first episode. is all about heroin addiction and heroin withdrawal. I'm like, yes, check, check. Yes, they got that right, that right. And then by the end of the episode, I was like, oh, my God. Wow. This is the best exploration of the phenomenon of struggling with heroin and suicide, everybody. Mm -hmm. And so very, very topical to what's going on in the press with celebrities these days. And then he does not properly treat his heroin addiction and begins drinking. And I, whenever people wonder what was going on with Anthony Bourdain, I say, please look at this study. Look at, look at uh, Patrick Melrose, because it is precisely what Anthony Bourdain is dealing with. And you get a sense of why it endangers their life so severely. It's not specifically, necessarily, the escalating alcohol, though that can be it, but it's the choices they make, the, the pathology in their thinking, the, what we call the stinking thinking, and all the, th- the terrible choices they make until they turn it around. And, man, I, I agree with you, Ali, that the, uh, Cumberbatch has never been better. Are yeah, they aware the- that they're making those decisions in the middle of it? No, no, of course not. Yeah. That's why we call it stinking thinking. And, and the reality is this is what a lot of people have trouble getting their head around, is the reasoning and thinking serves the addiction. And it's part of the pathology is what you're thinking and what you think is a good idea and your choice making is actually colored and influenced by the disease process and then how you conduct yourself interpersonally. And that of and all the people around you get sucked into that abnormality. Right. And and man, this gets into it in great detail. And sounds it, like it, a bummer to it's me. Not, it's, okay. it's not. It's not. Okay. That's, no. That's why I No. It sounds heady and sounds like a bummer. Mm-hmm. It's it's action packed okay. and fun at the same time and funny too. There, people he are has, funny. He has lines in that that I am dying laughing. Yeah. Right? And that's that's one of the reasons I love taking care of addicts. They're so funny. They're just funny and so so human and so interesting. And this this uh, I will just caution people. This goes deep into childhood trauma. Yes. And I I don't want people to walk away with the sense. And I thought they did a pretty good job of this. That childhood trauma causes addiction per se, but it's the rocket fuel behind addiction. Right. Oh. And when people are done treating their addiction, then they can deal with their childhood trauma, which mm-hmm. is the you know which is the underlying. So it's uh, possible source. for them to get past sort of their childhood trauma you if they actually both. yeah okay. you have to both and you can't treat the trauma so you treat the addiction right. alcoholism and 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 sometimes people's trauma treatment happens magically in the course of the addiction treatment but usually that's something that they deal with a year or two later right so benedict cumberbatch has been wiping his butt wrong this whole time that's, oh exactly <laughs> i you got it I, 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 how did you know that's a great summary <laughs> now i got it drdrew.com is where you want to go uh dr drew midday live of course Monday through friday noon to three on 790k abc that's on the am band kids where all the cool stuff is yeah look for all of his podcasts and don't forget to download the heel app on the app store or google play as well thank you dr drew right, we guys, appreciate you. you so much bye bye the kevin and bean show it's cool i'm guessing it's many things cool is probably the one thing it's not it's not the world famous K-Rock. this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Time for some great news. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news Can I just say something before we start? Yeah. I put up a lot of stuff on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. When I put up a great news story, just a random story where it's like it restores your faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. It gets twice the views. Yep. Ten times the likes. Yeah. It's like everybody really is dying for that. And yeah. have you ever noticed that our listeners, no matter what story you put up that's even slightly happy, immediately they're like, hashtag great news. <laughs> it yeah. just it makes me laugh so hard. People really enjoy this. It is great. I mean, we're changing lives, people. Amen. That's what's happening. Take it easy. Take it easy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not, they're not stories of us. Oh, that's oh. right. <laughs> All right. We're just Who's, relaying uh, them. Who's up first today? I'll go first. All right. So Mother's Day, of course, was May 13th. And it's not a real easy day for a lot of people, whether you've lost your mom or you don't have a relationship with your mom, or if you are a mom and you haven't talked to your kids in a while. Like this woman, her name is Barbara Foy. She's 71. She's from South Carolina. And she decided that she was just going to go out, eat alone at a local Ruby Tuesday. She hadn't heard from her only son and was feeling pretty down in the dumps. And truth be told, she hadn't heard from him in quite a while. And she thought, well, maybe Mother's Day, he's going to reach out and call me. Mm. He didn't. So she's like, I'm just going to go and enjoy a nice meal. This is your great news because it's really bumming me out. (laughs) It's going to take a turn. Really bumming me out. So she mentioned her situation to her server, Cabria Hasty, who instantly empathized with her. And she then shared with her different coworkers in the back. She said, listen, we got to do something for this woman to cheer her up. So while she was eating her food, they pooled all of their tip money together, and one of them ran out to a nearby store to put together a gift basket. They filled it with notebooks, perfumes, pens, anything they could find, and then presented it to her at the table and said that they just wanted her to feel like royalty, and then they picked up the tab for her meal. These are three servers at Ruby Tuesday using all of their own money, which is absolutely unbelievable. And one of the servers, Mariah Brown, said, we were not okay with a mother feeling unloved on Mother's Day. Growing up, I was told to treat others the way you want to be treated. Me personally, if that was anybody's mom, I would have done the same thing. Obviously, tears shed, people losing it, 
people at other tables watching all of this go on. It was unreal. So Barbara Foy says that she was just so touched. The girls are so special. She plans on taking them all to lunch as a way of expressing her gratitude. And Ruby Tuesday. Is she taking it to Ruby Tuesday? (laughs) We got to use your discount, though. How dare you? Here's such a wonderful thing. Ruby Tuesday, the management there, got wind of this. They gave those three employees a $1,000 bonus. Wow. Which is unbelievable. And that's my great news. Uh, My great news comes from Maui. After hiking to an obscure waterfall for a few hours, our uh, week-long backpack vacation, we returned to our car to find that it had been destroyed. The windows were all broken. Everything was taken out of it. All of their belongings were gone. We had our plane tickets, our ID, keys to the car, no cash, no clothes, no wallet. Everything gone. Why do people hike? I don't think that's the point. Okay. And and this is your definition of great news. Right. Right. Well, it it does turn. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, We drove to the nearest town and asked if there was a police station where we could report the theft. The officer on duty was a native Hawaiian woman who was very sympathetic, took our information, invited us to have dinner with her. Why don't you come over to the house and have dinner? Um, At the end of her shift, she took us to her own home. We were welcomed as precious guests by her large family. They insisted that we stay the night with them. The next morning, our angel police officer took us to the office um, of a local lawyer who managed an emergency fund for locals fallen on hard times. He suggested we borrow some money from this fund and we get home and pay it back whenever we could. Oh, wow. Don't worry about it. Just when you can pay it back, we trust you. After uh, filling out some paperwork, they had enough cash to survive, uh, an invitation to have lunch with the lawyer. This experience, which could have been a disaster for us, ended up an amazing time. Mm. All right. I think uh, my great news is going to start off great. I'm not going to take people through <laughs> oh. the emotional roller coaster you're, that you guys did. You're better than us. <laughs> this is a, uh, a man I saw on CNN the other day. His name is Paul Stenkleski. He had recently become a pilot, started taking flying lessons, and started renting planes about the same time his family decided to adopt a dog. Now, these two things turn out to be connected because going through the adoption process with his dog opened his eyes to a world he did not know existed. He found out about kill versus no-kill shelter. Now, he lives in Pennsylvania where most pets are not put down, but he found out that there is a huge underground railroad of people who volunteer their time and their money and their energy to save as many animals as they can and get animals out of shelters where they just put them down if nobody adopts them, sometimes within a few days. Apparently, you guys, the further south you go in America— the more likely your dog is to be put down. Really? Once he could fly a plane, he thought, he put two and two together and said, hey, I can use my plane to save a bunch of dogs. And he started out of his own pocket paying for trips down to Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, going around to these shelters, taking 15, 20 dogs out and flying them back up to Pennsylvania. The longer he did it, the more well-known it became. He started getting donations, and he was able to start a nonprofit charity called Flying Fur Animal Rescue, where they bought their own plane, and Mm -hmm. they have a a deal set up with shelters in Connecticut and in New Jersey and New York. And he flies down twice a month 
down to the deep south, loads up his plane. And by the way, flying by himself with 20 dogs in the in the plane. That could be a nightmare if they're He's, all barking and going crazy. Oh. He says every every dog that steps foot on our plane, he calls them passengers, by the way, passengers. See? I'll look to who the most scared is, who the most terrified is, and know that if I put them next to me, they'll be calmed. A lot of times, depending on the size of my co-pilot, he'll kind of shimmy over and get on my lap and fall asleep while I'm flying. Okay, not the point. Is he single? Um, no, he is not. He is not. Usually once the engine starts up, they hear the noise and the vibration. Everybody settles in. Some look out the window. Some fall asleep. It's usually a non-event. So he says it's bittersweet oh, because he, he tends to bond, even though he's only in the plane for two or three hours with them. But he knows they're moving on, and it's what you have to do so that they can move on to their next step. So he has saved thousands of animals this way over the last few years. That's amazing. It is a very cool thing that he just came up with on his own and turned into a thing, and it's called Flying Fur Animal Rescue, if you want to check it out. So that is a hero, I think, Paul Stenleski, and that is my great news. I really don't like any of them. The Kevin and Bean Show. How can you say that, bro? So maybe they're not politically correct, but it's funny. K-Rock. I thought this was a very, very funny story that, the, you know, the beautiful actress, uh, uh, Kate Mara, she's so, so talented. You know her from uh, House of Cards. You know her from a lot of things. But she, uh, what's the what's the deal with her uh, her family? She's got her mother's football royalty, side, Yeah, right? her mother's side of the family owns the Pittsburgh Steelers, and her father's side of the family owns the New York Giants. Holy crap. Yeah. How about that for a, a dynasty family, right. right? Well, she told a very funny story that involved the NFL championship trophy. She was on Conan the other night, and here's what Kate had to say. I was dating someone a long time ago who um, came to visit my parents um, not too long after the Giants won the Super Bowl and, and the trophy had just arrived. And my parents, my mom specifically, was very excited about this. And she, um, she said, you know, would you like to see it? Would you like to hold it? They've, they've sent white gloves that you put on before you can hold the trophy. Sure. And so he was a very enthusiastic man. Mm-hmm. And he... Put on the gloves and then he went to lift up the trophy but he lifted it up from from the base which we didn't know wasn't connected to the trophy and it fell and in slow motion i saw he was wearing these steel-toed boots which he was a pretty good soccer player and he kicked his foot up and caught it he caught the trophy with his boot and and then caught it in his hands and he dented just a tiny yeah he didn't part. catch it he kick-stopped it he he kicked the... Uh... It never hit the ground, though. And I look over at my dad, who's in the kitchen, just watching the whole thing happen, and he was just like... <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end. We, we broke up, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is her boyfriend visiting and does significant Oof. damage to the NFL championship trophy, the Lombardi trophy, yeah. the legendary Lombardi I feel trophy. like you don't want to dent that. No. No. Like, that's maybe a negative. Yeah, there's a reason you handle that with care, because it's valuable. So we started, uh, we heard about this story, and we started talking off the air about how how awful it is. It's bad enough to break your own stuff, but you're at somebody else's house, and you screw up and break something. How bad is that? And then, of course, Allie, she raises her little hand. She gets up off the cold blanket and then says, what? I, I might have ruined Christmas for many years. Uh, Beth Perry's house. Christmas and, for yeah, many years. It was third grade, and it was um, about a week before Christmas. And we were playing hide-and-go-seek. And I thought, best place, right behind this tree. That's handy. Good. And I decided after she didn't find me, I would run out and be like, I was behind the tree. How good was that? But my sweater got caught on a branch. Uh-oh. And I kind of took the tree with me. 
and it fell down, okay. broke all oh, the glass ornaments, no. fell onto the manger, Sweet. ruined the manger. Nice. She had to call her mom and explain what happened. I had to walk home, and I remember walking home through the green belt just thinking, I've ruined Christmas for so many people. Probably nine, nine. third grade. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, Beth Perry. So that's the topic. I'm not positive if I ever told you this story. I may have, but it's been a long time. When you when you lived in Los Angeles. Oh, no. You, you put something at my house? Yeah. Oh, you you had that you're now confessing to me? You had a bunch of people over at your house. And I was having issues. So I went to use your restroom upstairs. Oh, those kind of issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, just destroyed it. That was disrespectful to your toilet. And it ran over. No. And I immediately went down the stairs and left. (laughs) Did I ever tell you that? No. (laughs) You overflowed my toilet and then just left? So then whoever whoever the poor neck schmuck that went upstairs to use the bathroom walked in on that? I didn't know what to do. house guest ever i'm why bean doesn't like guests how could you do that i don't it's not like i went up there with the intention of doing that it just happened i was mortified and i was like okay how do i explain to some how do i tell someone so i just ran oh my god It's my favorite part of the show when they have the crazies on. I know. I feel so guilty for laughing, but it is so funny. <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. You did what again at my house, Kevin? Uh, let's move on because it We're, seems like you just made a deep, dark confession on the air moments ago. You did what at my house? Well, it was a it was a party, and it was sort of near the end. Near your end. <laughs> and I, I went upstairs to use the restroom because I didn't know how ugly it was going to get. Yeah. And it did. It, yeah. And then and then it overflowed. Oh, God. Yeah. And so you did the right thing and went downstairs and said, hey, guys, I'm really sorry. Could I have some towels? I, I have a little issue in the bathroom. I'll clean it I up. I think the, the front door was just straight in front of the stairs. <laughs> and I think I just went down the stairs and right out the front door and left. Let's go to uh, my Let's wife, not. Donna. She's Let, online. What? Nine. She apparently was listening as, we don't, as this oh, horrible news no. was transmitted. Donna. Oh my goodness. Hey, Can you believe this? Nice, he has such nice manners. I want to thank Glennard for that. It's awesome. <laughs> she remembers so, the name of my dad. So Donna is listening. Kevin tells this horrible, horrible story. And she texts me and says, it, not only was it a party, it was our wedding reception at our no. house. Oh, was it really? It was. It was really because we've never invited you to our house outside of that. Well, and rightfully, <laughs> and, and rightfully so. So we eloped to Las Vegas. Then we had a big party for friends and family at the house afterwards. And so this was our wedding reception. And you also right. said in your text that you're the one who ended up going upstairs and cleaning it up. I am the one that ended up having to go upstairs and clean it up. Um, wow. And also, we had known having Kevin to our house would mean something because he had been over before and he had been through our medicine cabinet and questioning all of our medication and like putting some stuff in his pocket. 
So we actually filled, we went to a great deal of trouble to fill the medicine cabinet with marbles so that we would know when he was up there. So that I would reach up there and it would just be a loud, destructive noise? So when when the toilet overflowed, then he opens the medicine cabinet, the marbles go everywhere. Everyone downstairs could hear it. So when we saw him bolt down the stairs and run out the front door, it was not a surprise. Wow. But you just thought it was the marbles. Wait, so you knew... you didn't realize it was it was mr poopy pants (laughs) well this is awesome because i think we only had one bathroom in our whole house i'm oh my gosh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry that's okay it was more chocolate fountain for us (laughs) oh please (laughs) abort 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 (laughs) and it was chocolate for all okay Thank, thank you, Donna. We got to go. I'm bye sorry, bye. Donna. Thank you. you I'm sorry. Bye. I'm sorry. Let's oh, try. Uh, no. Bye. God, I'm not going to get that image out of my mind. Oh, much worse. Let's go to Carlos in Lawndale. He's on line eight. You went to somebody See, this else. is why you never tell stories on yourself. You went to somebody else's house and wrecked something. Carlos, you're up next. What was it? Yeah, so, wow. I'm trying to basically impress a girl. Um, she invited me finally to her family's uh, New Year's Eve dinner and all of that. Um, just so happens, the family got a brand new, I think it was like a 55, 60-inch TV screen. All right, for, uh, Christmas? for Christmas? Yeah. And, you know, we, I had flip-flops on it. You know, it was in the daytime. We were going to the pool and having a little drinks on, you know. But, you know, the little flip-flops where the thing goes in between your toes, that kind of jammed. And I fell kind of face first, shoulder first into the screen. No. Oh, no. Did it shatter? You know, you know, I, you know, it's funny. Is like everybody heard the commotion, and there's a little gap in between the wall and the TV, so it fell right at an angle. So my whole body weight, and we we looked the, the little, you know, the little base cracked, but so we're like everything is fine. And then when they turned it on, there's a huge black dark spot, and, and it wouldn't go away. Oh, oh no! <laughs> All right, Carlos, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Let's go to Long Beach Line Five. This is going to be Scott. This has got to be pretty high on the list of things you don't want to mess with at somebody else's house. Scott, what happened? Yeah, I got a New Year's story as well. Okay. Uh, so, New Year's, uh, champagne cork, grandma's ashes. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. Did you say grandma's ashes? No, it was, like, it was seriously like one of those bad movies or TV shows or some crap. You're like, yeah, so I pull out the, the champagne like probably, you know, five minutes before midnight or something like that pop the cork and the damn thing shatters. I literally have seen that in a movie. Do you guys think he's making this up? I think that's, uh, uh, no, I'm not making this up Yeah, Meet the Fockers. Is that what it was? It was Meet the Fockers, yeah. Well, they meet the Fockers. I don't know what it was, but no. (laughs) They owe you you money, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. (laughs) Let's try, uh... Doesn't mean it's a false story. It just, yeah, no. yeah, it's possible it happened in real life, I guess. Why All right, let's try believe? Vanessa in Inglewood, line six up next. You went to somebody's house and wrecked something. Vanessa, what was it? Um, yeah, so I was in uh, elementary school, and it was my first time visiting a friend. And um, I sat down on the couch, and in front of it was a coffee table with three um, vases. And um, I was like, what are those? And the mom gave me this big... Um, deal about like uh, who made them um, was a Southwest artist and you know how much they mean to her and as soon as we were done talking I got up to go to the restroom 
and I knocked over one of the vases. Oh, <laughs> right after she explained how important it was. Oh, and do you have any hurts. concept? How old are you at this point, Vanessa? Uh, eight or nine. Okay, so you know you know you've done wrong, but you really can't comprehend what the history and the value of something is in somebody else's house. You don't really know about money at that point, right? Not no. But you were old enough to take the Kevin approach and run. <laughs> um, I left pretty soon after that, and I I wasn't invited back over. Oh, oh. this is a very sad phone-in topic. <laughs> really I wasn't is. prepared for that. Gentlemen, I don't mind telling you, I've never heard a bigger crock of bull crap in my life. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. What's up with April? Well, Allie did not share my enthusiasm when the news broke uh, at the end of last week that April, the giraffe, might be pregnant again. Right. What? Now, this have... what, what about love? What, what, what? How did love die in your life? Because you can't find love, no one should be able to find love? I uh, mean... It's a giraffe, first of all. Uh, yes. And I just I just wasn't one of those people that was watching 24-7, mm-hmm. like you. See, I, like... Think, I think that's the problem, is people talked so much about April yeah. the giraffe last time. Right. Non-stop for what seemed like she was pregnant for two years. Yeah, so much so I started denying she was even <laughs> pregnant. Oh yeah, you were, de- you were, de- you definitely were conspiracy alley yeah, on that. I you thought a... the whole thing was made up by the zoo so they could sell plush toys. Yeah, then I was an April ga- truther. Then she gave birth like a week ago. How is she already pregnant again? <laughs> That's we what can't, I'm saying. We can't do this again. She gave birth like, I don't know, six months ago? Whatever. Or it feels like a week. Ago. Actually, I take it back. I think it's been over a year since she gave birth. No way. I think it has been. April hey. 2017. Yeah. Okay, it's been over a oh. year. Yeah. So that's not uncommon for moms to start squirting out new babies after a year. I don't know if squirting. <laughs> hey, uh, Christine, Assistant Producer Christine, please come in for this conversation. Because Christine Christine was on the, the April tip as well. So here's the thing. For folks who don't know, uh, April lives in a place called Harpersville, New York. It's mm-hmm. a tiny town in, uh, in upstate New York, about 3,500 people. She lives in a little zoo there. And... Her pregnancy was live streamed, and when they started putting the camera up, they thought she was within, I don't know, like a month or something of having having this baby. They didn't realize it was a year and a half later? They didn't realize that she was going to be pregnant on that goddamn camera for like four months until she <laughs> finally popped. Now, you but, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys checked back all day every day yes. to see if there was any progress, and there wasn't. Christine, were you like me and you just had it up on your browser all the time? I had it up here at K-Rock. I had it on my phone. Mm-hmm. I had it uh, on uh, YouTube at home. Okay. Um, I would check in and text with friends all day if I was away from any of those oh, screens. That's a little sad. I would wake up it in was... the middle of the night and if I got up to pee, I would check on the April cam just it, like, to make sure nothing was happening. ruined my life. <laughs> right. I can see oh, that. It'll that's ruin your life. It's that's awful. <laughs> So, okay, so having said that... It ruined your life, B. No, I would loved it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. But then I also have a lot less going on than Christina. Sure. All right, so so she had she had the baby, uh, uh, which was her her fourth, by the way. And he that little that little boy is now um, over ten feet tall, by the way. Oh, a- and he is adorable. But the question is, Christine, and for all the other uh, April fans out there, if she is <laughs> pregnant again, and we don't know yet, they're, they they've got the test out right now to find out whether she's pregnant. Do they again. have the cam up while they wait for the results of the test? They do. They already have it up. Yes, they do have the camera. My question is, Christine, have you lived through it once and you don't need it again? Or will you get sucked back into the excitement of the April cam and start watching it again? I'm 
want to get sucked back in again, of course. I, I hate it. Well, you don't have to, though. I have to. Well, you I'm don't. I'm compelled to. That, I... we, we have a uh, monitor in the office. Mm-hmm. And here, look, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but uh, uh, the uh, guy who sits next to me, Dave the King of Mexico, right. and Bean, the three of us are probably the dumbest ones in the show <laughs> that get sucked into every animal cam, eagle cam, uh-huh. bear cam, bear cam right. giraffe, April cam. We watch every single now, one of them. What oh, kind of Hawaii acti- lava cam. What kind of activity happened on the April cam on a normal day? Did she move around? Did yeah. she eat? Was there activity? You would see she'd be sleeping and then there'd and be then a trainer coming And then you'd check back in three hours later. and she'd be sleeping? She'd be sleeping. Yeah. Sleeping. And then a trainer would come in and she would interact and she was very sweet with her trainers. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, April would look at the camera and you'd see her like, you know, you. I would imagine she was acknowledging us, but in reality, you know, <laughs> oh, she's just checking God. out what the thing oh. in the corner was, oh, but... This just got really sad. Did you think that she was looking at you? Uh, of course she was. Oh, it was, a, she it was. was. It was a, it was a two-way street. Look, April lo- April loves her public, and she's good to her public. Sure. So the zoo announced we might have some exciting news. We've done a lot of watching, a lot of looking. We all have our opinions, but they're still not 100% sure that April the Giraffe is pregnant. Now, is this a situation where we should be uh, uh, respecting her privacy at this delicate time? Because a lot of times you don't want to talk She's about these pregnancies. Yeah, but right? you don't want to. Isn't it just bad form to talk about a pregnancy too early? Like you should wait until we know for sure that everything is yeah. yes. But don't we have enough people judging our bodies, forming opinions, <laughs> right? just waiting to pounce? Um, Christine, I have a question for you that I have been unable to find the answer to, and that is, is did she go back to Oliver for this baby, or oh, is great she question. playing yeah, the field a right? little bit, and there's a new baby daddy in the I picture? Don't what do you think? No, Now, I, I gotta know. And I, is I'll Oliver pissed? Because what's I, I Oliver gonna be. do when he finds out? Yeah, because, I would be. I don't know. Now, I haven't had a chance to go to this zoo yet. Of course, I will, the Animal sure. Venture Park. But I, I don't know how many other giraffes they have there, how many other uh, possible fathers there are at mm-hmm. the zoo, or if Oliver's, you know, all she's got. But uh, she has had four, and a lot of people are questioning, you know, overpopulation. Do we really need another giraffe? I say let the woman live. That's what I say. It's not a woman. It's a giraffe. You know what I'm saying. And I would like to say this. I love giraffes. They're an amazing animal. You've made out with one. I mean, not technically. <laughs> fed, it, fed it with food in my mouth. We've seen pictures. But, yeah. um, but we'll I, repost that on, yes, Insta- on at Kevin sure. Devine Instagram in about five minutes. But I couldn't for the life of me watch this <laughs> live Really? No, not. No. But what about, the, what about the miracle of nature? What about how astonishing it is mm-hmm. that this giraffe is walking around and then out of her hoo-ha, another giraffe falls to the ground out of nowhere? Wait, that's how it works? Yes. Falls what, about, what about? I'm sorry. Falls to the ground out of nowhere. The giraffe gives nowhere. birth standing no up is what I'm saying is the first second of that giraffe's life outside of the womb is hitting the ground. That's a tough way to come into the world, man. <laughs> Isn't it? So, so, so you're in for another. I am way in. How long are giraffes pregnant for real? I've been. Well, no, well. Appa- apparently no one knows. <laughs> really? Because I've been exaggerating by saying a year and a half, but it was a long time where people did. I think it's like lives. 15 months or something, Christine, right? It was a long time. So yeah. let's say this is month one. You guys are in for another 15 months of. No, I don't think we need. I don't think we need to watch the early months of the pregnancy. I, I think see. we need to watch as she starts to show. I think that's when we get invested. Yeah. 
And the baby giraffes are so cute. They are so cute. But you know, here's the thing. You can see the baby giraffe and probably the birth after it happens. Mm -hmm. And then you have to put zero time into it. Why does everyone hate love but us, Christine? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's Kevin and Bean. K-U-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Phone checker, swinging sword lecture, closing down the sector, supreme neck protector. Better want him, can't miss the method. On the dark side of the force, of course, it's the method. Man from the Wu Tang Clan, it's a map. I'm unplugged. Learn, temperatures too hot for sunblock. Burn and star, you my missus, with hugs and kisses. Valentine cards and birthday wishes. Please, we on another level of planning, of understanding the bond between man and gentle man i'm a method man baby accepted utmost respected and the position stop looking listen i spit on your grave then i grab my charles dick m-e-t-h-o-d man time to bring the pain you guys rapper and member of wu-tang clan actor on hbo's the deuce and the host of drop the mic on tbs we are delighted to welcome to k-rock method man in studio with us here on the kevin Mitchell. how are you i'm good that's probably the only time y'all gonna hear some of the records on k-rock please believe that it's true we don't don't play as much as we'd like to i did uh, go into omar and i said whatever you do just put in the what that's that's all i want to hear in a little montage that does i mean but that doesn't say that you guys don't have us in like your, your your personal playlist I know that for sure. Oh, that is for, absolutely for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see Allie dancing as we were playing that intro? Well, as soon as I heard the what, I was like, well, okay, <laughs> Allie was rocking. You already know. <laughs> so, Method Man, the problem with having a guy like you and a multi hyphenate like you who's got so many things going on is I almost don't even know where to start. What would little uh, uh, eight year old Method Man growing up in Staten Island think about the career and the life that you're living today, do you think? Um, oh, Did any man. of this seem possible to you when you were coming up? Um, no. I thought actually I thought I'd be playing professional sports because you know I'm I'm from Long Island, born and raised, and um, that was big sports, big sports place, uh, Long Island, from lacrosse mm-hmm. to football, basketball, you name it. I mean, Dr. J's from there, Eddie Murphy, uh, Ralph Macchio, still there. So you know it's a, it's a plethora of talent out there, and um, I mean honestly, I just wanted to get in where I fit in. Uh, I mean, when I was asked the question in eighth grade, I remember they asked me uh, what I wanted to be when I was older and my first answer was rich (laughs) (laughs) but i but i think most little kids they're drawn to whatever the exciting occupations are or the celebrity occupations like being a professional athlete or they want to be an astronaut or they want to be the president something that's really out of reach for almost everybody and then at some point you get a little bit older and you realize what's realistic and what's not so how young are you then when you realize hey there's a way to maybe you know gain some ground here in this rap thing and never have to work a day in my life. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> you know what? It was um, I, I was blessed enough to hang around guys that um, their extracurricular activity was uh, rhyming in a staircase. I could have been hanging around the guys that were, you know, drinking beer all day. You know, um, I could have been hanging around the guys that were smoking crack or doing X amount of drugs. But my my chips fell in that domain right there and and the hip-hop kind of fell in my lap but still it was more or less like i never thought of it as a professional career i never thought of being a professional at anything i guess that's what growing up where i grew up at uh does to you but for me just having that outlet to to express myself Mm -hmm. in a a manner that you know people could understand me without me having to tell my whole life story was fantastic and um when we started out with you know the music thing 
I still was writing my rhymes to, to not for people to like, but for those dudes that were in that staircase with me. I, and, I, and it's still that way. When I write my rhymes, it's not to impress the masses. It's to impress my, my fellow Wu members and people from around my way that know me for that. Were all the Wu-Tang guys guys you ran into or knew in the neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, but RZA was the common denominator because RZA lived in Stapleton where Ghost lived at. He lived in Park Hill where the majority of us lived at and Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, you know, where Killer and Jizza and Dirty were uh, residing at the time. And um, we used to just go to RZA's house to make these tapes on Fridays and Saturdays because Staten Island is very small. And um, if we partied, it was just one place to party at and it wasn't guaranteed. See, the white people, they got all the parties. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And... And I had a lot of cool uh, Italian friends that would take me to some of these parties. They turn up, boy. I'm telling you. And the cops wow. don't mess with them. That's crazy right there. <laughs> anyway, as far as um, us coming together, it was always MCs search out MCs. And if you're known for MCing, it's like you're going to run into another MC. And especially if y'all know each other, it's like this little secret admiration. But at the same time, you want to, you want to, you know, see where they at with it and battle them or, or, or just hear what they got to see if the hype is real. We see, uh, you know, we've seen you in recent years on everything from uh, in Trainwreck and Difficult People, Luke Cage, Blue Bloods. Now you're on this The Deuce. Is this the first time you've gone back to the 70s as an actor? Yep. Yep. And, and how'd you find is. that different different mindset putting yourself back there in CD Times Square in the well, 1970s? I was, well, in the 70s, I was born in 71, so um, no, not really a challenge. I, I mean. Most of the television I watched was 70s TV or 60s TV. So, yeah, I was pretty much in the in the moment when we uh, got to set. And, I mean, once you put the wig on and the clothes and you look in the mirror, how could you not be in character? And that I wig thought... is delightful. Thank you very Good much. Good Lord. Thank you. The majesty. <laughs> I thought it was Andre 3000 the first time I saw oh, it. Everybody's by the way. Get... I get hit with the Andre 3000 all day. Jeez Louise. You must get, I bet, people coming up to you all the time. I mean, you never know when somebody's approaching you what they're going to know you from. But I would, I would bet from The Wire you must hear that a lot, right? Because people love that show so much. Yeah. Do you get a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cheese heads out there? I say the first year after Cheese got murdered, people were calling me Cheese. And I, and I liked it because that meant that I did a good job, in my head at least. If people identified me as the character I played and not, you know, Method Man. Because, you know, Wu-Tang put in some work over the years. But it was, <laughs> it's always a pleasure to be a part of something that's, that's, that's going to be good or to join something that's great already. And um, The Wire has changed a lot of people's lives. You look at Idris, you look at uh, Dom... You know, even Snoop, you know, yeah, the wire has changed a lot of people's lives. And David is such a um, down to earth and uh, genuine person. I mean, who wouldn't want to work with him? What's the dream? <laughs> what's the dream gig for you? The gig that you see somebody has. You go, oh, man, if I could do anything in acting, that would be the kind of role I would like to do. I would like to play Reggie Jackson. In the Reggie oh, Jackson movie, yeah, really? Sure. Yeah, let's get that made. Yeah, because when I was, I, I grew when I was younger. Um, I had a stint where we lived in the Bronx, and everybody wanted a Thurman Munson bat, and we just idolized Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. and Dave Winfield, who came a little later, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so glad you came in. So fun to meet you. I hear your voice, though, and I wonder how I ever got on the radio, because you should be doing this show, Method Man. Oh yeah, you hear that right? That's that morning breath. And Congrats. can I just say before we go? Yes. The man's arms. I don't know what you're doing. You are jacked. Holy. I swallowed James Corden. No, no. Let's take that back. <laughs> Method Man, you look great. You're great at everything you do. That's Congratulations on all your success. And thanks for stopping by the Kevin Mead Show, my friend. All right, man. I'm never coming back again. You guys are going to lock the door as soon as I leave. <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean.
on K-Rock! Introducing Rock and Roll. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom you think restaurants are happy to see when you show up? Um, do they like me at Denny's? Uh-huh. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah, I think they are. I'm a, uh, I'd like I'm... to ask them, although that's <laughs> not what this is about. I, uh, I am always alone. And I'm a good tipper. So you think that I would be any, they look at me and go, there's the easy customer right Maybe. There. Do you talk to him a lot? Uh, I make conversation. Oh, that's too bad. Um, Allie. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I've had great experiences mm-hmm. at restaurants. All? All my life until Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, this one took the cake. What? You had cake? Happened I wish I had cake. No, it, it's um, it's very odd, and I've talked to a couple friends about this to see if anything like this has ever happened to them. Here's how it started. Went to this place for a uh, birthday dinner with a friend, and as we're being seated by the hostess, she says, and I quote, and you're aware with our 90-minute dining policy. Wow. And we were both a little stunned, and I we were joking. We're like, does that start now as we're seated, when we order, or when the food comes? I just want to be prepared. She's like, <laughs> and walks away. 90-minute policy. And I thought to myself, that's really weird. And my friend that I was with does PR for restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I said, is that normal? And he goes, it's normal to have a limit on a table so you have turnover. Mm-hmm. You never say that to a customer. Yeah, that's it's weird. It's just kind of an understood thing to keep it moving on the floor. Do you think there was no 90-minute limit, but she just sized you up and said, nope? <laughs> like, looks <laughs> <Possibly>. like trouble. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, it just it got worse from there. How'd it get worse? Um, uh, let me just say, the server was... Lovely. Couldn't have been greater. She was nice. So it wasn't the server that told no. you that it was the hostess. It was the hostess. Okay. We eat, everything's fine. And then they have a little um area in this place that's kind of like a speakeasy in the back. Now where so, are you on the clock at this point? Uh we were coming <laughs> up on our uh ninety minutes. So okay, wow. Are you just said, shoving food into your mouth so fast much. you can barely swallow it? <laughs> pretty much. So we said we'd we'd like to go in there um after. Uh, we'll check and see if there's any room. Okay, at this point now, it's like 8.30. Really? Is there no room in your speakeasy? (sighs) So after dinner, we do move to this back room. Mm -hmm. We're seated at a table, and we think, well, let's get dessert 
and another round of drinks because clearly we couldn't have dessert at that table. No, we're running this, out of time. I think at this point you are doing everything you can to stay at that restaurant as long right. no, 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 as no. possible just to push And back. the hostess is sitting back there just just looking <laughs> at you and Glaring. getting more angry. No, this is in a totally different area. Oh, we I know. Had... She's following you. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> well, then um, some kid walks up and he goes, yeah, we need your table. So if we can move you to the bar. And at this point, I was just like, we just got. A, this is a, a new kid yeah, that you haven't met kid. yet. Huh. We just got got cheesecake. We just got our second round of drinks. So I said to my friend, I said, bring these up to the bar. I'm going to get our check from in here. I'm going to pay it. And we're going to get the F out of this place. Right. I didn't realize as he walked to the bar, the guy followed him and said, no, no, not these stools. You can sit in these ones. <laughs> because he looked over at me and I thought, he's going to murder someone. What, just ha- what is going on? You are on a hidden camera show at this point. Right? They want to see how much Thank they can you. screw with you. It's exactly what he said to really? the guy. He said, is John Quinones here? <laughs> is this what would you do? What is happening? We're losing it because this crazy. is just bizarre. Well, it's odd enough that you get treated that way by one person. Right. But like two or three different people. That's Well, then weird. I say to our server, I said, can I just get the check? We need to go. And he goes, well, where are you guys? And I said, we've been moved to the bar. And he said, who moved you? And I said, that guy. And he goes, Oh, no. What's And happening? he makes a beeline for that guy. They get into it. And then this totally separate woman comes up. She's like, please take me through what has happened to you guys since you got that? here. She is the manager on the floor at the time. Okay. So she said, I'm so sorry. We've taken him off the floor. He's new. He doesn't know what's happening. Okay. Not good. So anyway, we wind up... Um, but did you tell her about the hostess earlier with oh, the yeah. 90 minutes? And yeah. what did she say about uh, that? She's like, well, that is a policy, but... And I said, is it a spoken policy? And she couldn't really answer that. Because the answer is no. Yeah. So long story short, uh, the GM of the place wound up getting a hold of my friend that made the reservation. Mm-hmm. Did everything he could, tried to make it all better at that point. This was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Talked to him, said, we want you back. We will pay for your meal. We'll I mean, have we had you such in. a we great will... time last time. Yeah, not not a chance in hell. But he was like, listen, I do PR for restaurants. From beginning to end, everything was incorrect. What is, what's going on And not just there? one person. That's the no, weird thing. No, right. Yeah. It, just... it, wasn't, it wasn't a fun birthday experience. <laughs> Let's talk to uh, Daniel real quick. Uh, line one, please, San Pedro. We were asking if there's anybody out there who has encountered this time limit as you sit down, which seems super rude. Daniel, you've been through this? Yeah, um, my buddy and I went to a sushi place, and uh, we would sit there and take our time. It was supposed to be all you can eat. And uh, he, would, he would sit there and eat a lot, and the lady would get mad and finally told us that it was all you can eat, not eat all you can. And then the next time we go there, they added a two-hour limit to the uh, menu. You know... I'm not saying it's a good policy, but it, at least it makes sense if it's an all-you-can-eat is you don't just want somebody sitting in the restaurant grazing for 14 hours. I, I do get that. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I hadn't heard of that. Thank you for the call, Daniel. Appreciate that. Let's try Meredith. She worked in the uh, food service industry for six years. She's on line three up next on the Kevin Bean Show. Hey, Meredith. Hey, party people. What do you think about this? I was shocked when Allie reported back on this 90-minute time limit at a table. Yeah, so I worked in the service industry for a long time, and... There was absolutely no such rule, at least at our restaurant. We actually were told that our customers were allowed to sit at the table as long as they wanted. So we actually called these people the campers Ah. because they were technically like camping out at the table. And we were not allowed to do anything to move it along 
other than drop the bills and remove all the dishes. But if they wanted to sit there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they could sit there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. But, I mean, Allie didn't even have a chance to get the uh, to put the tent up. I mean, much less camp. Right. She <laughs> barely, barely got the fire going and she had to leave. Very true. <laughs> yep, exactly. Meredith, do you think it was just Allie? <laughs> I mean, she does have a punchable face, yeah, right? it's real true. What? <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Oh, oh, the King of Mexico's in here. Hey, Dave. How you doing, Dave? I don't get a mic. Are you crying like a little baby, Dave? I cry once in a movie, and Mm. I get this. You don't tell people here that you cry. Really? Listen, man. I'm comfortable with my emotions. We were catching up uh, with everybody after the weekend. Hey, what'd you do? Hey, where'd you go? Hey, who'd you see? Oh, you went to the movies? Oh, what'd you see? And Dave said that he went to see Logan, as as many people did, by the way. $85 million Logan made, Kevin. I don't know wow. if you heard over the weekend. Did Huge. Not. And apparently it's just great. One of the best superhero movies of all time. But the last thing I expected to hear was that Dave said he cried at Logan. This is a Wolverine movie, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. And this is Dave. And this is Dave, right? Ah. Who's a heartless bastard. Right? Right. I would not have put those two together. Now, without spoiling it, you weren't expecting that when you went in, right? No, I was expecting, like, I knew there was going to be some gore, and I was expecting Wolverine to chop people's arms off and heads off and stuff like that, and that came through. Like, that was awesome. That was a great part of the movie. Mm -hmm. But at the end... You know, there's this actress, uh, she's new, I guess her name's Daphne King. She plays uh, the little girl in the Wolverine. Mm -hmm. The interaction between her and Hugh Jackman is just so damn good that it left a tear in my eye. Was it and a I started, tear? No. <laughs> we no. Really? I'm trying to save myself here, Kevin. <laughs> like heaving sobs. Well, not... <laughs> Heaving sobs. <laughs> no, I did. Everybody else in the theater know you were crying. I, I, I do a Was pretty good of job. Of, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no. no. I do a pretty good job of like going like, "Ooh, what's on the floor right now?" You know, and and I start looking away. That's your move. I'm not crying. You're yeah, crying. Yeah, I'm not looking away. So I, I go what's with on the, the floor of a movie I, theater. You know, I go with Christine, who works here at, with us, uh-huh. and. I look at her, and her eyes are just glowing, full of tears, and a stream coming right. down. Well, we, we, we expect so, that from her. So Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one. That happens I was like, to her in every single movie. Yeah, it happens a, to her in every single She's a sensitive soul. <laughs> right. yeah. yes. Yes, You're but, not. But then at I go, okay, so it's okay. And I look at the person at the, who was a seat away from me, uh, and she was crying, and the guy was like pinching himself. And, and so I wasn't really? the only one. Yes, I wasn't the only one. So he was Dave, pinching himself, I assume, to, so that he wouldn't cry? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's what he was doing. He was, that I makes saw, sense. I saw him, like, grabbing his arm. Like, and I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I tried so it. It didn't me, work. Let me, <laughs> uh, let me understand. And by the way, we are the topic is uh, you cried in a movie that you were surprised that you cried at. You did not expect yes. that this was going to be a tearjerker. Look, some movies you go in and you know it's a weeper, all right? Yeah. This was not that. That's what we're looking for. Let's go to Frank in Montebello then. He's on line five. He'll be our first caller here on K-Rock. Hey, uh, Frank. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Good. All you, right, you, so you, you cried at what? Uh, so I didn't expect to cry at Arrival when I initially saw it. Arrival? Um, okay. Arrival, yeah. Such a beautifully written movie. It sets up some breadcrumbs throughout the movie, and you're, the audience is uh, confused as to what that means about to, about the characters. Right. Hmm. And at the end of the movie, you finally fi- find out what that what all of it means. It's so weird that and, I saw uh, a I different saw film crying. called Arrival recently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I think I agree. I remember that being very touching. I don't think I cried, but I remember it being really, really touching. 
All oh, right, sir. Thank you. No, no, it's great. Are you just crying right now? Like talking about it. You're fine, Frank. You're great, Frank. Thank you're absolutely you. fine, and we thank you for listening, and we thank you for calling. All right. Raul writes in, hey, Kevin Bean and Allie, I cried at the end of Pursuit of Happiness when Will Smith's character finally got the job. I felt like a total puss, just like Dave should today. So <gasps> here's bringing sweet. some judgment down. Here, what, what was the name of that? Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. I didn't see because it's about a dad losing his kids. Like, I had no interest. You knew yeah. you would cry yes. if you saw that. I, yeah. I just didn't even want to see it. Why are you right, crying so, now? Let's talk about movies you never expect to cry. And let's start with Claudia. She's in East L.A. She's our train wreck girl. And let's try to figure out how you cry at train wreck. Even if you're trying to, how do you do that? (laughs) Claudia, enlighten us. What happened? Good morning, guys. I've been listening for over 20 years. I love you guys. Thank you, Claudia. um, I was totally surprised. I was watching it on Netflix. Just wanted to laugh. And by the end of the movie, when she does the cheerleading scene, I was ugly crying like it was <laughs> ugly crying Aww. i like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think it was about that scene that affected you like that because i mean it was a change in her character a little bit of redemption for the kind of person she was but it was it was hardly a weepy moment yeah well i think i just related to her character throughout the whole movie and at the end you know i was hoping for a happy ending. you know i wasn't sure because it's amy schumer so i'm like you know she's not gonna end up with the guy but she did and and just the way that she realized, you know, her own issues and how it was affecting the relationship. I just, I don't know. Claudia went deep on train wreck. I like (laughs) it. (laughs) All right, Claudia, thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Let's go to LA Line 7. This is going to be Marabella. She's up next on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Marabella. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What movie were you surprised you cried at? I was surprised I cried at Hidden Figures. You were so sad those black ladies were good at math. No, no, no. Her Did you watch the movie? Bean? No, the that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how, like, how. It's a really moving story yeah. of these three black women at NASA, and it really is. I mean, they put up with so much yeah. crap, and basically, they're the ones that got the space program going. So it was, it was is very it moving. The scene where they all moved buildings, and you saw them all move as one into the no, new building. It was when she was ranting about the coffee. And yes. he had just gotten back from the bathroom, and he asked her why she was, why she was always away. And I know I just, that, that was got me. That was a beautiful scene. That was probably one of the best scenes of the whole movie. Yeah, being, right. uh, the reason yes. that she was exploding at that moment is because Kevin Costner's character was bawling her out for not being there, and she had to go a long to long a different way campus to find a black restroom, <laughs> color, I get a it. colored yeah. restroom. I get it. It sounds like oh. we'll allow it, Maribella. You're allowed to cry at hidden figures. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Were you mad that black ladies were good at math? I was just trying to figure out. I wanted her to tell us. Let's go to (laughs) Michael Simi Valley. He's on line five. This is one I think is going to be a surprise for a lot of people. Hey, Michael. Hey, guys. How's it going? Allie, good morning. Hey. Um, So uh, my girlfriend at the time took me to see Captain America Civil War when it first came out. And I thought that was an awesome movie, but... It was awesome. Where did I you... loved it. I loved it. Where did so you cry? Part, so the part where Tony Stark meets Peter Parker for the first time in New York, I started crying. I started crying. I'm not going to lie. It was like, I don't know, I felt really emotional because everyone had always been like, oh, Spider-Man's supposed to be in the Marvel movies, but, you know, it never happened. So I looked at my girlfriend at the time, and I just started crying, and she looked at me, and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I don't oh. know, like... This is just really emotional. And, yeah, I started crying during You sound insane. No. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. Well, 
I love I love comic books. I love comic books. Well, I mean, I think that's clear. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just stunned that somebody who tears up over Spider-Man has a girlfriend. Not just tearing up over Spider-Man, just tearing up that Spider-Man was in a Marvel movie, like uh, the Marvel Studios movie. That's it, right? It was just a, no, it wasn't like, I don't know, it was just, I was like, wow, I can't believe Peter Parker's finally going to be in a Marvel movie. Like, I was okay. like, yeah. Stop think, judging Michael, so, you so guys. did you cry during the Homecoming trailer, too? I think we'll allow this. Yes, we will. <laughs> I didn't expect it. I knew he was going to be in it, but when the when the Homecoming trailer, like, when I saw the Homecoming trailer, I was like, oh, cool, it's Spider-Man. When I finally saw it, I was like, oh, my God. Right, I'm going to speak before Bean does, and I'm going to say we'll allow it. <laughs> You're not doing good so far. So far. The Kevin and Bean Show. You're not doing good on K-Rock. K-Rock. I got a shiver down my spine when Jim Jeffries said he travels 140,000 well, miles a year. That's only within America. I also travel internationally. Forgive me for being ignorant, but now that you I mean, now that you have your own show on yes. Comedy Central, which I know isn't the highest paying network in the world. No. But, and you're also, you got a big Netflix deal with those specials. Do you still have to do as much stand-up as you used to? Well, stand-up pays more than television. You know, you make more money. Stand-up pays more than Comedy Central. Yeah, it pays more <laughs> than Comedy <laughs> Central. Gym. Yeah, so you, yeah. Ha- you have to go out and actually do that because otherwise, what's the point of doing the TV show? Because you've got to, they, they sort of feed each other, you know. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. What's the point of doing the TV show? I'm, you know, I'm changing the hearts and minds of Americans everywhere. That's why I do it. I do want to give you a compliment, and I don't want to say it the wrong way, but when you start started hosting a tv show is very very different than yes. doing stand-up and it was you know you could tell you were feeling your way through you're great at it now yeah i know but then all the people that i lost at the beginning aren't watching the show now so I'm but you're great now if you watched an early episode watch one now i'm, I'm good at it now <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think you were bad in the first I didn't one say maybe bad. you, I just you said didn't it's... know really when to lean in right. and do the seat thing you're oh, great no, at the, the, the seat, seat thing now. thing I'm, I'm that's my yeah. that's my calling card yeah. so I, uh, <laughs> I, I lean back on the lazy boy <laughs> not even the lazy boy it's just a normal recliner I would like to play a clip from your Comedy Central show and ask you about using Brad Pitt as your weather guy right sure because it's awesome welcome back weatherman calls him weatherman doesn't call him Brad at all so, so what's the forecast the forecast is we're all going to die and there'll be no one left to remember our stories thank you as always weatherman sure thing Jim how did that come about? Um, he, I think, look, I, I hear he went through a divorce. You right? heard that? Uh, okay. Yeah, it was in the paper, right? Yeah, yeah. There was some, a little bit of him going through a divorce. I, I think what happened was he just stopped sort of watching regular TV, from what I can gather, and he, he got really into Netflix. Oh, because he didn't want to see his story everywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah he, okay. just, he just was done with the entertainment news and all that type of stuff. So Netflix, Netflix doesn't have adverts. And um, he, he started watching a lot of stand-up specials, and he re- really got into me and Bill Burr. Wow. And so, so then, like, I kept on going down. We had the same management. And they go, Brad Pitt was just down here, and he was talking about you, and he really likes you. Right, that, you go, right? yeah. And I'm, like, going, let's go. They go, you guys should have dinner sometime. I'm, like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because who could believe that? Yeah. And so what happened in the end was... Um, the, Netflix, uh, he had a movie, War Machine, come out, and they said they said to him, they go, oh, who would you like to have interview you as an extra feature? Now, that was the first interview I've ever done. And, they, and he said, Jim Jeffries, right? And I was like, so they, they go, you're going into Netflix to interview Brad Pitt. <laughs> and and I, I, I'm, I'm getting good at interviewing now, but back then I was pretty nervous. And then sure. we, we had a meal together, right? Me and Brad, <laughs> I started yeah. a meal. Are you dating? Well, we were for a briefly. Yeah. Anyway, so so then what happened was after I did this appalling interview, I think I was shaking the whole time, 
and they go, um, they go, oh, Brad says he'll do something on your show, right? And so I was like, sure again. I, I said to my management, I said, and, and I, I said, oh, well, how about he straight away, like off the cuff, how about he becomes my weatherman? Right? Which you, of course, don't need for any reason. Right, yeah, for no reason. Or, I said, or a sports guy or the financial guy or whatever. But I, I think weather guy was the first first pick. And mm-hmm. my management, Alex, bless him, he was there going, please don't do this because I'll get in trouble <laughs> because I'm not his manager and, and Bernie Brillstein or whatever the, the head guy. I think Too much high power I, I around think, Brad Pitt. I think, I think that guy's dead. But anyway, so, so they go, uh, they, go, they, go uh, they don't want him doing this. Why don't you talk about like... How he uh, built rebuilt houses in New Orleans after the the hurricane, or maybe talk about adoption and and getting, you know his kids and that stuff. Yeah, something useful, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's also I was of the opinion well, that's stupid. If you want to see Brad Pitt talk, we have a lot of footage of this. Yeah, you can see him anywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can see it anywhere. So I so I said so I rang up because I was told by my manager. And I said really sheepishly. I said, oh, well, you could I could talk to you about houses in New Orleans, and he's like this. No, no. No, he's like chewing gum and doing whatever Brad Pitt does. And he's like, no, no, no. I go, or you could be my weatherman. He goes, love it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God, I love Brad Pitt. Okay. That's awesome. So, so, so are you guys friends now? Well, I text him very occasionally Whoa. drunk on like, I, and then I get really upset like it's a girl I like and I sort of sit and wait and go, oh, maybe he's yeah, busy. Yeah, hold on. Be, let me, let's, before you're impressed, back. has he ever texted back? He does text okay, back. Okay, And right. then, like, he's, and he's several times, like, I think he needs to change his phone number, like, twice a year because, you know, sure. whatever. So, and so, Gets out, yeah. So I always get on the on my phone number's change list. So that's nice. a, that's the big right. one. Yeah. How about that's that? That's a big one. But if you steal my phone, I put him in as a secret name. You won't know who he is. Oh, <laughs> Jim Jeffries, your show was one of our favorite shows. I, I like. Am I so like, sad. That, to, we, that's, we mourn the loss of legit. That's how I know Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's favorite TV show was legit. Is that right? That's how. He, wow. Brad Pitt got slightly starstruck when he met DJ Qualls and Dan Bacadol, <laughs> who was sitting in the audience. <laughs> he did. Amazing. And by the way, uh, speaking of uh, Jim Jeffries and his new Netflix. Special debuting on July the thirteenth. Uh, you Friday the thirteenth. You even mentioned that Eddie Murphy was a huge fan of Legit as well when you met him. Eddie, told you Eddie that. Murphy had watched Legit. I don't know if you're a huge fan, but he said he liked the show. Yeah, he, he mentioned the episode where I, I was masturbating the disabled boy over Skype. Yeah, that was uh, particularly disturbing I, and I hilarious. Like, I feel like this episode. interview has a theme. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking of themes, Jim, yeah. you are, and we've known this for a long time about you. You are fearless on stage. You have no concern whatsoever as to how many people you are going to gross out with the material in your well, special. You is that sa- fair you, to say? You say that, but if I said the things I really wanted to say. How is that possible? <laughs> yes. What do you, can you possibly be leaving on the table once well, you get that deep yeah. into docking? Yeah, you... you <laughs> Yeah, that deep into docking is a difficult. Uh... I mean, uh, did, did you did you Google docking afterwards? Uh, no. Here's what I will tell you: is that Bean emailed us. I barely made it through that segment. Oh my god, are we well? The thing, the thing is, like, it, it was it, it that joke played out different because we where the show was performed in London, where everybody has a foreskin. Normally, it's like Can't get you mean too a, much you mean, detail. You here. mean a smelly hood is what you mean? Yeah, yeah. You got a foreskin. And when, when I performed in America. It was a different response because it was a bit more of an argument in the audience, like whether it's good or bad. When I did it in Israel, it it stormed. <laughs> That's so weird. That was one of my favorite parts of the special because you legitimately yelled at the audience in London 
about their foreskin. About mm-hmm. their funky penises. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to say funky penis? Sure. Absolutely. All right. It was one of my too, one of my favorite groups from the seventies. <laughs> um, do you ever look out and see like just pure shock and awe and revulsion? Oh, I'd like oh. to change that question. Do you ever look out and not see that? Okay. I see a lot of what I do is I, I perform in a lot of uh, casinos, mostly Indian. I do Vegas and I do but I do a lot of Indian casinos. And what happens at those places, all the casino really wants from you, because they're always like 50 miles out of town, they just want you to get 4,000, 5,000 people to come out to their casino. Right. So they, they pay really well, those gigs and everything. But always the first three rows are filled with their high rollers. Now, people who are high rollers in Vegas, that's one thing. To be a high roller in an indie casino 50 miles out of Seattle in the right. whatever, mm-hmm. you're, you've made some bad life choices. <laughs> right? And right. So, so what happens is so there's like just rows and rows of really old people and just people who can hardly speak English. And so, just they're not fans. They haven't seen me at all. Right now, my argument is that you should watch one minute. If I was going to go to a band, of I'd, course, I'd Google the band. Of course, right? sure. They don't at all. They don't. Huh. That's crazy. And so, by the end of every show that I do in an English scene, the first three rows are empty. <laughs> Jim Jeffries is here. We got to two minutes left. Uh, okay. The special is called "This Is Me Now," which, by the way, you will laugh out loud when you find out why he says that in the special. <laughs> all right, the Jim oh. Jeffries Show on Comedy Central airs Tuesdays at ten thirty in season well, two. I, now. I'm leaving now. Uh, we got to we got to say goodbye, but we got one more thing for you. Well, what do you want to do? Segment. Yes, well, uh, stay one more. If you want to stay around, stay around. I'll stay. Uh, I'll do another did. segment. I don't we just you. did the big farewell. Oh, don't be so right. Stop being so we, racist we against Australians. We don't want to talk about Brad Williams dressed up as a munchkin yes, on my show. We yes, do. we do. Stick so around. much going on now. Yes, we do. We're, we take back the goodbye. All right. And we say, let's stick around. We'll be right. right back. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. That's what it's like spending a few minutes off the air with Jim Jeffries. Is we just saw him write his next special off the top of his head. <laughs> oh, did I? Did I? You it really was, did. It was an anti-New Zealand rant. Yeah. Hey, if, Jim. if there's any New Zealanders listening on the radio right now, turn it off. You're not welcome. <laughs> you can turn it back on when I'm not on the air, but I don't want you hearing my voice. Jim was telling us it's the worst place to go to do comedy. We were like, why? It makes just, they sense. can't. They never. They, they have never had any acts visit them. They don't know. They think that they're meant to yell out to you all the time and they just keep on yelling and then like one time I was in Auckland and they just wouldn't stop yelling there's about 4,000 people and they wouldn't stop yelling I said hey you have to stop because we, I can't tell the jokes. It's not like I could. it was a heckle that you could deal with. It was just them constantly yelling out requests for old jokes and just yelling the C word at me because they thought that's what I wanted to hear. And, right. And so I said, you have to stop. And I said, look, let's just reset and start again. Be quiet for 10 seconds, Auckland. 10 seconds. <laughs> right? And then the newspaper the next day goes... And then the Aussie diva, (laughs) the Aussie diva requested one minute silence from the audience or he would storm off the stage. And it's like, that's not what happened at all. (laughs) So uh, bad taste in your mouth a little bit from New Zealand. Uh, Once you've visited the place where the hobbits were, you're done. You're done. Okay. (laughs) Once you visit Hobbiton... That's the only thing. Like, the beaches have black sand. Why would you go? Why would you go to? And I'm I ready to believe it. Australia. That's all it is. It's That's, the worst form of Australia. It's, it's like 
It's like if Australia ate a bad meal and then it, 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 it passed through its bowels, right. it would be New Zealand. Oh, this this right. all now, happened because I brought up my friend from New Zealand, by does, the way. Does everybody in Australia feel that way about New Zealand? A lot of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not everyone. Some people, Look, look. Okay. John Cleese agrees with me. Okay. John Cleese went there. They named a, 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 a dump, a tip, like the, the trash heap. After John Cleese, because he, he said, never again, never again. I'm wow. not doing it. I didn't realize there was this animosity. Tell us about the Beatles. Right, you were be- just talking about It's the only place in 1964 at the height of Beatlemania. It was the only show the Beatles didn't sell every ticket. Ever. And that was at the height of their popularity. 1964, they'd just been on the Ed Sullivan show. They went and toured Australia and New Zealand. They honored a contract from two years earlier that they booked. They honored the whole thing for the exact same price. They were getting paid nothing. That's crazy. They were getting paid nothing, right? But they still did it. And everybody like, in Australia, like like in New Zealand, like a million people lined the streets to go and see him or something. There's only two million people that live there or whatever. But then oh, I don't – I think the ticket price is a bit high. <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably a rugby match on it that night. We have to see the All Blacks. Which, that's that, amazing. That is the name of their team. Yeah, that's the name of their team. Their their uh, their soccer team is called the All Whites. All Whites. Yep, yeah, that's, that's true too. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it. Sounds very Alabama of them. <laughs> You're uh, making me rethink New Zealand. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like when we talk about it, the Deep South, you don't know, get much, much more southern than New Zealand. <laughs> We are going to run out of time again, Jim, so I want to ask real quick, Brad Williams. Yes. You had him on the show. You mentioned well, what, very, what happened very was, funny. What happened was the, the, the last living dwarf died, right? Mm-hmm. And not, not, no, there's other dwarfs. Last living munchkin from Wizard of Oz. Munchkin died. Um, his name was um, Marin. I can't remember his first name, right? Okay. Mark. Let's call him Mark Marin. Uh, the last living munchkin died. And what happened was he was 98, which I've been told is a long time in, you know, in any, but in, in munchkin years, that's like dwarf years. I don't know if, uh, do they die early? I, 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 I wanted to ask Brad, but it's a hard one to bring up. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so what, what happened was I found out about this news story that the last munchkin died and I thought it'd be funny if Brad came on the show and we, like we, we had told him he was going to talk about a different subject and then we were just going to talk about the munchkins, right? Which was funny and we had like a green screen and kept on changing to the Olympic road. It was it. insulting and hilarious. It was insulting and hilarious. But the hardest thing about that sketch was this, was not doing the sketch, was the phone call that I had to personally make to Brad to ask him to do it, right? Because he could be offended. Like, when you ring up a dwarf, even if that dwarf is a friend of yours, and your opening sentence is, so the uh, last munchkin died. <laughs> like, he, he knows. <laughs> he knows the whole rest yeah, of it. He, he, and he goes, yes, yes, I've heard, yes, Jim. I go, that was sad. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jerry Marin, that was his name, Jerry Marin, and he oh, was he was a member of the Lollipop Guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has his hands out in the Chinese theatre. That's All right. always a thing. Yeah, that's nice, little tiny one. <laughs> Well, of course, yeah. it was uh, very it's, funny to see Brad right. come out there with his big lo- big lollipop. We we went to we went to the, the candy store on Hollywood near the the theater, the big suite, that big candy store, and w- we said, "Can we have replicas of the the, the uh, lollipop guilds lollipops?" Right? How much do you reckon? Because they're 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 like three times the size of your head, right? Yeah, this big lollipop. How much do you reckon? 
Custom made. How much do you reckon? Oh, probably 40 20 bucks. bucks? No, I was going to go $80. I, I might be too rich now because I don't know the value of things anymore. <laughs> I, 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 what I, was I, it? Because you get, it was $26, but I thought that was reasonably priced. Oh, I thought it 40 is. yeah. I think I that's think fair. I yeah. thought like custom made and they had to make a big one. They, they mm. probably had to bring in a bigger stick. Sure. Like they wouldn't have had those sticksters lying around. They had to bring <laughs> in the big support stick. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, that's one thing I did ask Brad Pitt. I go, I go I was in the interview, I just said, hey, Brad, how much is a gallon of milk? And I go, is it? And he goes, oh, I don't know. And he goes, I go, is it more or less than a gallon of gasoline? And he goes, ah, oh, it would be less than gasoline. You'd think that, but it's a, that's a trick question. Same price. Oh, I bet <laughs> he appreciated always, that trap. Rocking around that. Well, the thing is, I didn't know either. I, I had no idea. I had to Google that. I've, I don't know how much avocados or grapes or milk or anything. I have well, no you're too idea. Rich. Well, it's just that I. Rich. Also, I just don't care anymore. Because I think, you're too I rich. No, but even when I did care, I just, just. If you go to the counter and they say it's this much, you go, I guess it is. <laughs> right? They could say, they could say I, I don't even go to Whole Foods. I still, I'm still a Ralph guy. Uh-huh. Right? I, Whole Foods too pretentious. They can off Whole Foods. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so so I go there. I, I, I like to have... Jim, we have to go. No, we don't. We don't. No, I'm no, sorry. We, we do. We're What's out wrong with you, Because B? we're out of time because All we're right, screwing then, everything up. Then answer me this. Yes. Shouldn't milk be a lot cheaper than gasoline? If I hear you Americans bitch one more time about the price of gasoline, it has to get drilled through the core of the earth. Right. And then... Then we have to refine it, and you guys go, and we're running out of it. <laughs> we're, we're, it's a limited resource. <laughs> it's a limited resource, and you're all like, this stuff is so expensive. <laughs> it should be like 10 times the price. That does make sense. And then milk. Milk, we have milk aplenty. <laughs> we have unlimited supplies of milk, same price. as something that has to be refined. Texas gold. It should be called um, white gold. Milk. <laughs> Milk, uh, cow farming's where it's at. If you want the real money, don't try he's, to find uh, oil on your property. It's too hard to get. He's not, uh, he's not wrong. The Jim Jeffrey Show, Tuesdays on Comedy Central. News special is hilarious, July 13th on Netflix. Kevin, do we have time for 60 seconds or no? Sure, do you mind? Down. Yeah, let's do sure. it. 60 seconds. I'm just going to rapid fire questions, and you tell me what you think. Okay. Um, what were you like in high school? Uh, shorter and nerdier and thinner. Did you get kicked out ever? No, I never got kicked out of high school, no. Uh, dog kisses on the mouth, yes or no? No, that's disgusting. That's okay. disgusting. Have you ever been in a real fight? Yes, yes. I punched a guy in Newcastle, England just last year. Last year? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Did and he then, go down? No, I just clocked him in the face, and then he just sort of stumbled back, and then like I, I waited for security to come. Nothing happened. I just turned around and got another drink. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing went as well as you guy, expected. The guy could have sued me. It was after the gig. Like, he could have... I should, anyway. Is there uh, any way we can convince you, including bribery, to stop talking about docking? Uh, well, I have stopped with docking. I've, okay. reti- I've retired my docking. Oh, but I'll take the bribe. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, World Cup fever. Yes or no? I, 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 no, I'm World Cup dead now. The, fe- <laughs> the fever got me and I got knocked out. And now I'm in World Cup coffin. <laughs> Jim, we love you, man. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you, man. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. They're all doing great. Except for Kevin. K-Rock.
I was alerted last week, Kevin, and I saved this until you got back. There is a, a new thread on Reddit that I think you will be interested in, and it is called, What's Your Kevin Like? <laughs> I don't know that I approve. I'm starting to see a trend among people named Kevin. And it was a little bit of a surprise to me. I kind of thought you were a little bit of an outlier. But apparently many people have a Kevin in their life. Apparently we are not the only ones, you guys. Here's what I know. I do know that in media, in Mm -hmm. TV shows and movies, if there's a character named Kevin, Mm -hmm. he's the idiot. (laughs) The office, right? Right. I mean, really, he's the idiot. That's, yeah. that's that's how it happens. Now, the one exception that comes to mind, though, is the Home Alone kid was the smartest guy in the room, right? Sure. He was a Kevin. Yeah, so you got, Kevin. you got him on your side, Not right? Bad. Um, Kevin Bacon was on The Tonight Show one time, and he brought this up. And I think we've played this before, but it's worth revisiting. I don't like the name Kevin. You don't like it. Kevin, to me, it's just never sounded right. Like It's like, and they've done studies that teachers... Uh, are, are predisposed to not like Kevin's. Really? Yeah, because, no, it's true, because they tend to be troublemakers. Yeah. And in certain cultures, I think it's someplace in, in, uh, in the UK, to call somebody a Kevin is an insult. You know, he's a Kevin. You know, it's like... <laughs> and if you look at movies, a lot of times... They'll take the a-hole and they'll name him Kevin. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. Now, so just like you're saying, what, you've read it that all the time. Why are they the troublemakers? Like, does it... How does that make sense? I don't know. That any name leads in the list of troublemakers. I don't know. There was another article recently about how Kevin is an insult in France as well. For for whatever reason, Kevin, because it seems like... Well, I don't like France either. How about that? Seems like a perfectly reasonable name. (laughs) So anyway, what's your Kevin like? I thought it might be fun to take a look at this uh, Reddit thread and see some of the stories and see if maybe this sounds like our Kevin. If invited over, Kevin shows up three to four uh, hours after the time you specify. We tell Kevin a much earlier time than everyone else to compensate yeah, how that... often have we done that alley when we've had public appearances Not all <laughs> yeah after we've arrived he'll announce he'll have to run to the store real quick make yourselves at home no problem one time he came back three hours later with no dinner that's there kevin um my I'm gonna, kevin i'm gonna ding everyone that is true of me as as well okay, okay good my kevin accidentally made a concussion grenade out of a disposable water bottle and a can of compressed air <laughs> i mean close enough do i ring the bell if, I wa- if i'm going to <laughs> basically he sprayed some of the can of keyboard cleaner into an empty water bottle while the can was upside down causing some of the pressurized liquid to come out the liquid then expanded to the point of the bottle exploding like a grenade it didn't help that kevin had also put it in a sink of hot water that made it both expand faster and got water everyone I'm so disappointed in myself that i haven't done that he deafened everyone in the room for a solid minute All right, here's my favorite. My Kevin is like Napoleon Dynamite mixed with a lamp. (laughs) What? He has this dog. It's very unfortunate. It's a small, runty little thing, and it has the tendency to run into the path of moving vehicles. Kevin by no means intends to run over his dog so many times, but the dog just does not seem to understand the concept of physics when Kevin is driving in a car and ATV. So far, the dog has run into the path of his car multiple times, the lawnmower a few times, the local garbage truck, and the aforementioned ATV on multiple occasions. The dog is perfectly healthy despite all these impacts. The dynamite lamp hybrid Kevin, who owns the dog, named the dog after himself. So there's I the problem. I was going to say the wow. dog is Kevin. The dog is a Kevin. Oh. Uh, my Kevin went away to summer camp for two weeks, returned unshowered, complete with dead bugs in his hair. Oh. This then resulted in an unfortunate buzz cut for the next two years of his life. That's his Kevin. All right, let me ask. <laughs> Thank you, Chip, Chip. I don't think you're left. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Could you find these types of stories about any name? Um, or, is it, or is it all? Really? I think maybe Kevin. it's just mostly Kevin. I think it's mostly Kevin, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, last time we were at a uh, party at, my, at our house at around 1 a.m., there was a blood-curdling scream in my roommate's bedroom. Everyone stopped what they were doing to go see what would happen. In the room was Kevin, pants around his ankles, and the fattest girl at the party with a thousand-yard oh. stare and vomit everywhere. Oh. He was mid-sex when he realized he was going to throw up, but he tried to hold it and wound up destroying my roommate's mattress, sheets, curtains, and chair and giving that poor girl PTSD. Oh. That's an unfortunate uh, party. Uh, my Kevin likes to eat other people's food at work. Kevin is not liked by many of his peers. Some Kevins just want to watch the world burn. My Kevin is my uncle. He bought eight Christmas trees just because they were so cheap. <laughs> That's not me. Thank you. Uh, a couple more. Oh, my favorite. I worked for a Kevin who I sued for sexual harassment and work hour issues. He was the worst I ever encountered. He's the Kevin to whom I hold all Kevins against. So I assume if your name is Kevin, you're pretty terrible. Sorry. P.S. I also have a cousin, Kevin, who's in prison for attempted manslaughter. Oh, my. All right. That seems like that's that's, that's not our Kevin. That's, that's definitely not, not our Kevin. Uh, my Kevin once mooned a lady in Winn-Dixie. My Kevin used Oops. to wear Furby underwear. My Kevin goes to a Mexican restaurant and orders the chicken strips and fries. Oh, here's one for you, Kevin. Dude, the Kevin I know is lit as F. He's super chill. No one hates him. Kevin is an effing G, this yes! guy says. Whoa. Chip, stop. Chip, change it to a buzz. <laughs> uh, this is really more our Kevin. My Kevin puts his phone right up to his butt and Snapchats me his farts almost every morning. <laughs> that is definitely our Kevin. And here's one more. My Kevin worked the closing shift at a liquor store. After the day was done, he had to mop the floors and go to the back to turn off all the lights. Except this was too difficult, and no matter how many switches he flipped, there was always at least one light left on. Finally, after weeks of this going on, Kevin left the wrong switch flipped on the nightly attempt, and the meat freezer was left turned off all night, leading to all the deli meat spoiling and needing to be thrown out. Eventually, the store owner just accepted that he would have to drive by after closing and turn off the lights himself because Kevin couldn't figure it out. That Kevin was me, is what this Reddit guy writes. So this is a Kevin turning himself in. So we could be doing a lot worse with our guys. Right? That's my point. The Kevin and Bean Show. Sounds like diarrhea to me. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.